listen to me. Let's do that hockey. Welcome back to Dauber Prospects Report. This is report number 26. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and with me is co-host Victor Nuno. How are you doing, El Nuno? I'm doing great, Pete. Yeah, it's good times. It is training camps are abounding. The prospect camps are wrapping up, and it's it's just it's that much closer to hockey season. So I'm enjoying that. How are you doing? We're recording this on a Monday night, and I've got plans to go see the Frontenacs on Friday. So we are like, I'm in it. This is it. Hockey season is is here. It's starting for me this week. Mm, that's super exciting. Yeah, I wish I had a junior team close to me that was easy to go to. <laughs> Hopefully I'll make some AHL games. That'll be, that'll be a good time. But that's a different level. As you've mentioned, it's a much more organized. It's, it's both more exciting and less exciting because, le- you know, less chaos kind of happens. But the skill level is... Yeah, it's good for fantasy hockey prospecting, though, and that's what we do. So Mm -hmm. in today's report, we're going to be talking about the recently completed Traverse City Prospect Tournament with special guest George Malik from The Malik Report. Before we get started, we want to kind of go over the housekeeping issues here. We remind you that Dauber Prospects Report is a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're really excited to be part of the Hockey Podcast Network, full of all of the great hockey podcasts that are part of their organization, part of the team. And you can check us out there. Follow them on Twitter at, and you can also use the DraftKings promo code THPN for listening to this show. More on that in a bit. So the DPR show is also proudly sponsored by Fantrax. It's the ultimate league manager for dynasties, any dynasty sport you play. Completely customizable, as we like to remind you. And you can set up your league scoring categories, format, any way you like it's it's really customizable and so much more use the promo code to sign up for a free league on fantrax using this link fantrax.com forward slash dpr show george malik from the malik report was in attendance and joins us to give us the goods on who impressed welcome to the show george hi thanks for having me yeah, it's our pleasure for sure. And I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day in life, as we all have, to to, to share your thoughts and insights from Traver- as Traverse City Tournament. Yeah. Right. All right. So we got Columbus, Toronto, Dallas, and Detroit all represented in this tournament. It's a lot of really good prospects on some of these teams. So, so let's jump into it. Let's start off with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think maybe one of the most Prominent prospects on everyone's mind would be Adam Fantilli, who went third overall, not second to some people's surprise, uh, in this past draft in Nashville. And fantasy GMs are really hoping they're going to see him between uh, Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Laine this year. He needs to make the team first. So it sounds like he looked pretty promising in this tournament. I, I saw some highlights and I saw some comments online that, that he looked very good. What was your impressions of Mr. Fantilli? My impressions of him were that he was really good. He looked he looked like he was ready to play in the NHL. And I don't say that about a lot of players just based upon a prospect tournament game or two. To me, Fantilli had a maturity to his game that was very evident, you know, and I don't know, he just he just carried himself in a professional manner. Everything the way he was when he walked onto the ice saying thank you to everybody and and giving everybody a nod to giving guys the high five after they scored the goal to making sure he was the last one off the ice fist bumping people you know you you see that he's he was comfortable in his own skin and then on the ice i mean he was so composed that was really the thing about him it was more than the point production and his point production i think he scored a hat trick against the red wings um he he was just prepared and he was ready and he was elegant in, in the way that he played. I mean, I, I don't want to overhype the guy, but I was really impressed with, with, with the way that, that he conducted himself. So, so based on that small sample size, you'd be more Very surprised. Small. Right. But you'd be more surprised if, if he didn't make the opening night roster than if he did. 
That's going to depend on the coaching staff. And I don't know Pascal Vincent. I know quite a bit about Mike Babcock. He had a, you know, a long stint here in Detroit and, and there was some good and there was some bad, but you know, I think it's going to be hard for them to not give him a long look if he, if he performs well in the exhibition season. I, I know that it's very dangerous to, to, to go off of, of such a small sample size as three games in Traverse city but but from what I saw of him, I, I I didn't I haven't seen that about many from many players that I've watched over the years, and I've I've been doing this since 2010. Yeah, for sure. Great, be really excited to watch Ventilli and what happens with him over the course of the year. And another Blue Jacket that we're really excited about is David Irichek, and he was taken sixth overall in 2022 came over from Czechia where he played professionally in his draft season and had four games in the NHL. There were some very good and some not so good parts, but then was really awesome in the AHL in this past season. You would have expected him at this prospect tournament to really stand out and be one of the best players and compete for a job in Columbus this season. Of course, they did kind of beef up their blue line, and so that might have been made a little bit more challenging. But what did you see from your check in this tournament? Do you think he can be nhl ready this season i i do you know a fat, beside the fact that he's he's a big boy he, he just looked capable he was confident with the puck he occasionally bumped and ground a bit i mean he only took two penalty minutes i'm looking at the staff sheet here from the prospect tournament itself he played in two games he had an assist of plus four which is which speaks to the Blue Jackets offensive output and and two penalty minutes with three shots. You know, he he really he he looked mature. He looked like somebody who had been seasoned and 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 was comfortable in his own game and was comfortable in the structure that the Blue Jackets were playing. And they were playing very much so an up-tempo structure. It was for somebody who who remembers the the early days of the Columbus Blue Jackets and 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 the purported rivalry with the Red Wings, you know, I mean that they were not playing the old trap jackets. It was it was fun to watch people like Yurichek and and Vantilli. And I would definitely say that that Yurichek looked looked comfortable and he looked composed. George, you're you're more of a Red Wings guy. I don't want to spend too much time on on non-Red Wings teams, but Columbus does have a number of good prospects. So yes, they um, do. Yeah, right. Uh, they were stacked. They are rather deep. Jordan Dumais is another player. I'm not sure if you had a chance to pay much attention to him or if he played in the games that you watched, but here's a kid who led the tournament scoring with eight points in four games. He's a 50 goal scorer in the dub last year and he's turning pro. So I expect that he's going to play a full season of American hockey league development. But if you, if you caught him playing at all, do you think he can be productive as a rookie in the American hockey league? Not big, listed at 5'9", 174, but, you know, that, that he's a, he falls into a, a similar category to Logan Stankoven of Dallas, who also participated in the tournament, where you, you've got somebody who's a bit of a, a catalyst. You've got a player who looked like he, under, again, looked like he understood how the game is played. And he, he was fast, he, he was smart, and and... He, he knew how to uh, compliment Fantilli. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about Danky a little bit later. But I wanted to ask one more Blue Jacket for myself, and that is Luca Del Bell Belouz. And he was someone that was drafted back in 2022, 44th overall. He was someone that I was kind of excited about. He had a pretty decent draft season in the OHL. 76 points in 68 games. And then last season, he was traded midseason from Mississauga to Sarnia, but he didn't really improve on his draft or in his draft season production. So maybe a little bit of a step back this past season. And he should be in the AHL this upcoming season. So looking for a big step forward after that step back. But I'm wondering how he looked in this tournament. Does he look like he's on track to be a pro in the next you know couple of years? In my head, the one word that popped out when I thought about him, other than the fact that that his name was memorable, it was that he was sneaky. He, he was a sneaky player out there. He he was not necessarily offensively dominant. He was not necessarily completely consistent out there, but he was a sneaky guy. You 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 noticed him uh, sort of as a, a second uh, wave. For the Blue Jackets prospects out there, 
he was he was all right you know he he didn't he wasn't somebody who 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 blew my my doors off with his play but he was fast and sneaky that's the best way i can describe it sneakiness isn't deception that's that's a really valuable commodity for players to have i mean you you gotta have more than than just the hands and the skill to pull up to make it effective to, to utilize it at the nhl level you have to complement it with with sneakiness deception i wouldn't i you know i would i would use more more than the the, the word de- deception you know he he how do i want to put this uh, again a, a player that conducted himself uh beyond his years you're watching uh at this tournament you're watching guys from 18 to 25 generally they're in the 18 to 22 year old range and some of them don't understand that they're playing in a tournament where this is ahl level skill at the very least and the 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 official they have echl officials who are quite permissive let's say so if you're not a player who is not only deceptive but but also knows how to get the job done offensively defensively physically you're you're going to get overwhelmed and and he did not get overwhelmed Okay, one last Columbus player that I, I kind of wanted to bring up if you, you had a, a file on James Malatesta. So this is a player who had three goals in two games in the tournament, and he saw some time on both the power play and the penalty kill from what I was reading. So he really stood out to me in the Memorial Cup win for Quebec this past season. So I, I enjoyed watching him play there. And again, he's a little undersized, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me correctly. Is Malatesta a player you had a chance to to watch in this room did he play in the game you watched yeah he did and 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 he was he was solid he he wasn't spectacular but he, he was quite solid i i believe you i'm looking at it i'm looking at the stats oh he was solid two goals not so bad <laughs> he, he you know again like you said not not very big at 59 and 190 that's stocky certainly enough and He's posted enough points to at least be relevant in the Quebec League. But yeah, the playoffs looked fantastic for him. But, you know, again, Malatesta was was one of the more complete players out there. And although he, was, although he wasn't as, as dazzling as Fantilli, he kept up and he uh, made plays happen. And he went to the front of the net and, and there were some pretty mean and nasty guys that he had to deal with and and he 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 had no trial trouble with that nice he's a he's a player who i'm interested in in fantasy he's, his fan tracks roster ship is very low it's only six percent so he's a widely available prospect in dynasty leagues and i think he's got some some good uh sleeper value on there so you might need to be a little patient with him he might take a, a couple of years before he arrives in the nhl but i think he's a guy that that could do just that. I think he could arrive in show one day. All right, so let's move on from Columbus and let's let's get to the Maple Leafs. One player I was interested in was Matthew Nyes, but he was pretty limited in his play. So let's talk about another player who's kind of piqued my interest a little bit, and that would be their first round pick from this past draft, Easton Cowan. He was the Leafs' leader in this tournament for assists and points and penalty minutes. Interestingly enough. And when the Leafs drafted him, there was a kind of a who reaction <laughs> from a lot of people at the draft that I was nearby. The reaction in the crowd was interesting. And so I think some people maybe thought that the pick was a bit of a reach for a first round pick. But I think it's starting to look like this is a legit selection for a first round. Is this a player that looked like first round talent in this tournament? He was a plucky little bugger, for lack of a better term. <laughs> 5'11", 185 isn't going to blow anybody over in, in today's NHL. But yeah, I, he was very memorable against the Red Wings. He, he, was, he was a plucky little bugger. He, he didn't have any, any problems scoring a goal and two assists, plus one, plus one you know, two shots. The, that's a fairly good game, to say the very least. To me... He just looked like somebody who had a lot of self-belief. And we don't talk about that that borderline cockiness. 
you know, and I'm going to compare him to somebody that 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 you're not going to think is is a comparable at all. But I've been watching the Red Wings training camp for the last couple of days, and Nate Danielson of, of the Red Wings, you know, another one of those picks that everybody thought was a reach at number nine. You know, the kid comes out to training camp. The kid comes out to the prospect tournament. Comes out to training camp, just believes in himself and plays like he is utterly comfortable in his own skin and when you see a player like that especially right out of the gate in a prospect tournament you know you get the sense that 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 there's something to them that they've got more than just a talent base everybody is talented at this level i was thinking about i don't mean to go off on too much of a tangent here but i was thinking about the fact that so many of these guys who don't end up in the nhl end up professional players whether that's in the ahl or the ECHL. so many of the prospect tournament participants end up as getting a paycheck to play hockey you know that that's a testament to the level of 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 play and the level of depth that these free agent tryouts are are guys that are, are are narrowing the gap between their own talent level in the NHL. Something like like Cowan, yeah, that was obvious. It, it was just a, a duh. This guy's a difference maker. The sort of observation of, of him watching him. Nice. Well, enough about those Leafs. We're gonna move on to the Dallas Stars. They have some really good prospects too. We'll ask you about a few of the interesting ones here. We're going to start with one of my favorites, and he was already mentioned. That's Logan Stankoven, 2021 second round pick. Probably, you know, we're already kind of looking back at that as potentially a steal, although he is still very small. He's only five foot eight, 170 pounds. He's now 20. He'll be 21 this season. And he's going to be in the AHL, you would imagine, or potentially play for a spot in the Stars. He's been dominant in the WHL the past two seasons and at the World Jan- Juniors. He's just basically defied the odds and and proved everyone wrong about his size up until this point. I wonder how he looked against some bigger players and against the other prospects in this tournament. I I have him as a top 20 forward prospect for, you know, all all prospects. So I'm really high on this guy despite the size and uh, wondering what you thought about Logan Stankoven. I I would agree that that he's a top 20 guy. I do worry a little bit about the size 5'8 170 is, is what he's listed at elite prospects let me see what the red wings have him at because these were more accurate they had him 5'7 170 so and those were the weights that they took before the tournament so so that's that's a little more accurate for you you know he's just so dynamic when he's making plays that's the thing about him is and you know having watched him at the world junior championships and and then watching him at the prospect tournament, there is a level of intimidation there. Like I said, it's ECHL refs. There are guys that are brought in very specifically to quote unquote keep the flies off, you know. And and those players are 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 out for blood. I hate to say it, but there there was there were a couple guys that that came there very specifically to to intimidate to scrap you know, and, and to impress the scouts that way. And Stankoven held his own and then some, he, he was a lot of fun to watch because he, he just, he was just, he was just a driver of play and you want those players. If somebody drives play that that's fun to watch. Is it, is it going to be uphill for him because of his size? Yeah. Okay. But is it going to be downhill for him because of his skill? Definitely. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, you go, you got an undersized player in Logan Stankovens, you got an oversized player. And and I've heard a bunch of different pronunciation versions of this guy's name. So I'm just going to go with, with Leon Bichel. I'm not, okay. sure that's, I'm not sure if that's correct or not. But... It's, it's Bixel. It's Bixel. Yeah, it's technically Bixel. But... Oh, well, there you go. So anyways, Bixel, he's a big smooth skating defender and he was ranked a little bit lower on my fantasy list than I think he was selected in the NHL. And this could be a little bit of a a little bit of a carryover bias from Logan Stanley, Winnipeg Jets prospect, you know, prominent profile prospect, but not not a great fantasy prospect. So that's kind of I kind of grew Bixel into into that category as well. But I think we're starting to see a little bit of offensive upside on this player as well. So that gives him some some more fantasy value. Is that a 
perspective that that I need to update? Do you do you agree with that, or am I kind of is my? I think you've mostly got it, to be honest with you, because he's a big boy. He's certainly he's huge at six feet five and two twenty five, and maybe still growing into that body, you know. But hell, he he had so much fun in the game that I watched being the bad guy. And and I didn't think that 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 you were gonna watch a Swiss guy be the bad guy in the game. But fans were booing him every time that that he had the puck and he had the puck a lot. So that was kind of intriguing. I mean I don't know if he's gonna be a big point producer, but 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 he he had the puck a lot. He was somebody who they that was part of the possession game that the Dallas played. And Dallas plays a very up-tempo style. So, yeah, he, he, was, he was physical on top of that. Obviously, he doesn't have to worry about looking up to anybody. But he, he, he didn't get pushed around. He carried the puck up ice. He, and, and again, I mean, you look at his pedigree and, and playing for in the SHL against men. That that's always something that that you know I circle when I'm looking. I circle back to when I'm I'm looking at a guy, if they've if they're if they've got experience playing against men, even if it's the SHL, even if we're saying that he's going to have to adapt to a smaller rink because, and I know that 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 whether it's it's low level prospects or whether we're talking about elite level prospects, yes, the guys have to adjust to that 15 feet. Of, of ice width and not only that the 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 that they have on the ice to make plays Bixel right away looked like he was making play, plays with pace there was no circling back and trying to look for the better play and circling back again and waiting for make that SHL pass you know to the the perfect guy the, it, there there was NHL pace to his game you know when I've watched him a little bit, he kind of Bixel kind of reminds me a little bit of like that Jacob Truba in the way that he's physical and he loves punishing people. He just kind of like enjoys it, it seems. And he, he doesn't shy away from the fact he leans into that physical aspect. Right. I don't know well, if you see any of that in, in him. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see white that physical, but like he wasn't the bad guy in the game because he scored a goal. He was the bad guy in the game because he was he he wasn't rough and tumble, but he he was out there and he was bumping and grinding and and he was annoying people and he was annoying the crowd, which was just kind of hilarious um, for a prospect tournament game. They don't get on a guy unless he earns it and he earned it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to ask you about another Dallas defenseman now. And I will say, it seems like they have drafted really well for defense, well, in general, the last several years. And so when they took Tristan Bertucci, it was kind of a, you know, turn your head a little bit and pay a little bit more attention for, from my perspective anyway. He was taken 61st overall. He was the 16th D taken off the board this draft, and he's 6'2", 179 pounds, at least according to the data on Elite Prospects. He's also a July 12th birthday, so he was... 17, his whole draft season, played in the OHL for the Flint Firebirds, and he had 50 points in 63 games. And if you like the analytics stuff, he has a really high star potential on hockey prospecting based on that really high OHL production. So he's someone that I'm kind of excited about as potentially being a point producer in the future. But what did you see from Tristan Bertucci in this tournament, George? From from what I saw of him, not only was, you know, he, he didn't have the greatest tournament. He didn't post any points, finished it at a, a minus two. He was a minus three in one game. He was a plus one in one game. He took two shots. But I heard a lot of good things. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lean into the crowd again. I heard a lot of good things from people who watched him in Flint. I heard a lot of, a lot of you know, oh, yeah, I was there to watch Tag Bertuzzi. But I, I this Bertucci guy was really interesting. Watching him, he was really composed. Watching him, he you know, he he... He had a he, he could put he could produce some offense. He he was a player that that other people told me to watch, and and sometimes that's the most interesting scouting report you can give is that 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 he's a player that other people said brought them to the rink, 
you know, and, and that was the case for Bertucci is he was a player that other people told me brought him to the rink. All right. One last guy from Dallas, I think we'll hit on, and then we'll move on to your, your bread and butter there, the Detroit Red Wings. We've probably got a few, few Red Wings players to talk about. But let's wrap up Dallas with Chase uh, Weedcroft. So he's an undrafted player from WHL, and he had a monster breakout season, scoring over 100 points in the dub as a 20-year-old. So I'm always skeptical about players who do little or nothing, go undrafted, and then have a, a big year when they're 20 years old playing in, in the CHL. But, you know, the Dallas Stars scouting staff has done a pretty good job the past few years identifying talent and so i kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one what are your thoughts on the potential for chase wheatcroft from what you saw in this tournament i think that you know obviously your assessment is is completely fair in that he he had this he just blew up you know i'm looking at his stats and he just absolutely blew up as a as a 20 year old and as somebody who's 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 21, who will be 22 next season, he, he's looking for somewhere to play. And, and you can always think about the desperation level of those guys who, who need to find a, their next step uh, in the professional game. But yeah, unprompted, if, if you weren't mentioning anybody that I had to look out for at the prospect tournament, I would have said, you know, I like that Weecroft guy. You know, I, I, I would have said... You know, I, I thought that he 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 had some composure to him. You know, he, he had three goals. He was on six shots, so he had a 50% shooting percentage. He had six penalty minutes in three games, so he wasn't he wasn't unwilling to to go after it. And and he was just somebody that gave me a positive impact just in general. Again, yes, you have to take it, you have to take the age into account. You have to take the dominant domination of uh, against playing against his peers, 18, 20 year olds. Yeah, I, I get that. But yes, he did give a, a positive impact. Will he have another, you know, this is a somebody at another, another at point streak. I should tell I should probably give you guys the link to that because they've got all the prospect tournament weights and they're all very different than, than the elite prospect stuff. So, but the long story short is that, yeah, Wheatcroft looked like he could keep up. Wheatcroft looked like he could be a catalyst. Do you worry when somebody is signed on one big season? Sure. But he he was somebody who stood out positively. All right. So he went undrafted, unspectacular until his last year, got him a contract. And that's step one. There's many steps in the journey towards him making it to the NHL. So that that's one little step in the right direction. It's better than a, he looked out of place. So now we'll see what he does in training camp. If he gets a preseason sniff or a cup of coffee. And then we'll look to see what he does for a full season of development in the American Hockey League next this coming season. But certainly a player I think that's worth putting on your watch list. Definitely. Light the lamp with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We've arrived at the best part of the show for you because we're going to talk Red Wings. And so there's lots of interesting names here. I know our producer, Evan, wants to get in here and talk about some of them, too. But I'm going to start until he gets here. And we're going to start with the one of the big storylines, I would say, amongst this team. And that's the goalie, Sebastian Cosa, who they took, who they traded up to take in 2021, 15th overall. I have been a proud member of Team Wallstead all along. So I was hoping that you know if they're going to trade up maybe they take Wallstead, but you know obviously that's a different story and kosa you know has the size has the tools you know he's he's very you know decent pedigree he was on that really stacked edmonton oil team kings and junior and then since he left that team it's been a bit of a struggle you know he was pretty rough in his few outings in the ahl last season then he went to the echl where he was pretty good but i don't think he had the best of time in this tournament so I'm wondering if you Oof. can tell us what you thought overall of the performance of Sebastian Kosa at this tournament and just what the vibe is for him overall in that organization. Because it seems like it's, it's, it's a, you know, maybe there's some chinks in the armor. I'm not saying he's like a bust or anything. It's way too early to say that. But what, what's the vibe on Kosa? 
Well, it's not too early to say that if you're a Red Wings fan. Holy crap. I mean, they he's been dead and buried repeatedly by the organization, by the fans. And I will readily admit he has not been good in two prospect tournaments. He's come out and kind of bombed. Uh, you know, this 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 time he played in parts of three games. He got two half games and a whole game. 13 goals against, 9.19 goals against average, 0.759 save percentage, of 41-53 saves. Not fantastic, to say the very least. I was team Wallstedt, too, and but I've watched Kosa not only struggle in the prospect tournament and struggle in the AHL, but I've watched a lot of him. I, I get to the rink early. I'm one of those people that likes to have my computer set up for the Zoom calls and just likes to be there beforehand because there's a lot of stuff that happens before practice. And one of those things is watching the goaltenders work with the goaltending coaches. And as as good as Kosa is down low and as vulnerable as he can be up high and or over the blocker hand, he he's been... I would say two years ago, he was an arrogant, cocky kid. Last year, he came came to camp with a better attitude, and he came to camp with an even better attitude today or this year. And, you know, even today, he was working with the goaltending coaches. He was working with the the Red Wings goalie coach, the Red Wings developmental goalie coach, the skill development coach, and the new guy for the Grand Rapids Griffins. So, you know, he, he he's busting his hump trying to become a better goaltender. And to me, that 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 speaks to at least his potential to get to to rally himself. I can de I definitely know that 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 he's a controversial prospect, but I, I think that he's moving in the right direction. Thank you for that, George. Uh, moving on to our next prospect, uh, Marco Casper. He got in one game last year with the Red Wings. We're breaking his kneecap. Uh, our 2022 first-round draft pick. A lot of things are expected from this guy. I got a chance to watch him against Dallas in the first game, and he was out there hitting and throwing his weight around. What do you think the timeline is this, this guy? Is he going to see games this year in Detroit, or do you think he's going to spend the majority of the season in the AHL? Honestly, I'm really high on Casper as an overall player. He He comes from a professional pedigree. His father was... His father, who is now his agent, was a professional hockey player in, in Austria. He trains with the, the Klagenfurt team. He went to Sweden to play with uh, Rogla. And, you know, he, this, he learned Swedish. He speaks Swedish, German, and English. He speaks English better than I do. He went to school in Sweden, blah, blah, blah. Long story long is that the thing that I found is, as I, as I spoke earlier about SHL players in the prospect tournament, I found that he was struggling to generate offense. Yeah, he's got an edge. Yeah, he's defensively responsible. Yes, he is a very talented prospect. Good skater, good shot, good passing, face-offs, defensively reliable. But he was making that extra turn uh, to try and spin around and, and button hook his way back to the defense. Or or he he... He, he almost does that Philip Sedina thing where there's one shot spot on the ice where he likes to shoot. I can see your reaction to that. And yes, that's what I thought too. Oh God, he's shooting from the right face-off circle and only the right face-off circle. And it, it, it yes, it, it, it made me cringe, but it, it's just unlearning some of that big ice stuff is it, it, going to be the issue for him. He's 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 big enough to compete. Maybe he needs a little more not meat on the bones, but he but he he needs to. I, the best way I can describe it is that I've told people he needs to play those two and twos. He needs to play those awful three and threes. He needs to not be playing for one of the best SHL teams under the Abbott brothers, but he needs to be on a bus to Iowa at two in the morning and and, and he needs to feel that grind and 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 continue playing against men who are putting food on the table. He's already played against men in the in the SHL, but but he needs a little he, as gritty as he is and 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 as take no BS as he is on the ice and as exciting as that is 
for the Red Wings fans who've wanted a real dynamic center, second line center for a long time, he's just going to need to find a little more, uh, a little more grit and grind. And that's where the AHL is going to be really good for him. Do I really like his long-term potential? Hell yes. But do I think that he needs a little more seasoning? You betcha. And, you know, staying with the SHL theme here, William Waylander's coming over after two seasons over there. You know, we've, you know, you and I know just as well as anybody is that there's, we've got a lot of defensive prospects and there's not a lot of room. No. Uh, and uh, what do you think, what do you think his potential and his timeline is for coming up to Detroit? And will, will, will he make a big impact? What I think of, of William Philander is that, yes, he's also going to need some AHL time. Yes, there is some concern that, frankly, the Grand Rapids Griffins blue line is incredibly crowded right now. I was looking at the depth chart and going, how many of these guys are going to end up in Toledo? Not that Toledo is a bad place. Toledo is a good place. They win like crazy. And they've got a new coach who who was pretty much handpicked by the by the old coach who is now the Grand Rapids Griffins coach. Valender Hedzi, real smart, a lot a little bit of Albert Johansson, a little bit of Moritz Sider in him. And I don't say that lightly in that he just knows what to do at the right time, you know, and, and again, like with Casper there, there's, there's a bit of wide ice issue there. You can definitely tell that, that, that the pace of the game is, is higher than he's used to. And that, that he's going to have to simplify things a little bit especially as a defenseman. That's really important when you come over from Europe to the NHL, even if you've been playing against men for a couple of years, which he has been. But just such a headsy defenseman, such a good skater. I mean, he's 6'4", I think, 209, lanky as hell. He's still growing into that body. Uh, it might take him a couple of years, but I think he he's a really intriguing one of those complimentary defensemen, kind of like and I would so he just said hi to me this morning, so I'll I'll give him a shout out. Jake Wallman uh, knocked down the glass and tried to look at my notes this morning. <laughs> that was kind of fun, but yeah, I I like Valender. I think that he is is somebody who definitely has a lot of NHL potential. Is he going to put up a lot of points at the NHL? Is he going to be a valuable fantasy hockey guy? I don't know. Is he going to be an NHLer? Yes. And I don't say yes like that a lot. You know, when I, we talked about Kosa, we're talking about, is he going to be an NHLer? Maybe. You know, it depends on the work that he puts in. Is Verlinder going to be an NHLer? Yes. Period. I love to hear another guy has really burst onto the scene, especially the last two seasons. And, you know, it could be one of those later round gems, that Stevie Eiserman plucks, but we're interested in Amadeus Lombardi. A lot of our listeners wanted to ask about him. He's not rostered. He's only 13% rostered in our fan tracks league. What are your expectations for him? You know, he, he came off that hundred point season, the OHL He's going to play in Grand Rapids this year. It looks like, what, what are your thoughts on him? See this, the, this paper that I'm holding up now, this yeah. is the, the, the Red Wings weights, the Red Wings roster. That was their practice roster for this morning, the end of training camp here in Traverse City. What I like about him is that he's listed as 5'9 five, five, or 5'10, five, 165. When I look at this piece of paper from the Red Wings, it says 5'11, 180. He, is, he reminds me a little bit of Jonathan Berggren because... Bergman, when I first when I met Bergman after he got drafted, he was 5'8, 150 pounds, soaking wet. And smelled too. He smelled funny. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. The Lombardi, I don't know if, if his point production is going to transfer over to the NHL, but at, at the very least at the AHL, he's a self-improver. He's one of those kids that said, you know, I'm still growing into my man's body. And, and he's already put on, you know, 15, 20 pounds and, and, and a couple inches. And, and I thought that it was very interesting that he, he speaks as a, a driven young man, somebody who, he, who is a bit, has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And, and so he's, he's fast. He, he lugs the puck up ice. He, he takes no, no crap from anybody. And 
yeah, he's a little guy. He's going to have an uphill climb to the NHL, definitely, especially with how with with the Red Wings prospect depth that they they've started to accrue. But is he somebody I would bet against? No. And why? Because he he's Amadeus, quote unquote, Ammo Lombardi. He's an intriguing little guy, and and small, but not so small anymore. You know, somebody who has improved and. You love self-improvers. Another guy and a defenseman that I think sometimes Red Wings fans kind of forget about because, it, you know, he's drafted back in 2019 was Ante Tumisto. Did I say that yeah. right? And yeah, Tumisto. Spent two seasons at Denver. I think I believe he won the national championship there with Carter Mazur. Spent last year in the league. He had 20 points, I believe, in 60 games. I saw him score in the first game against Dallas at the Prospects Tournament, but didn't see much of, of him after that. What are your thoughts on him? And he, you know, he's going to be in Grand Rapids this year. Is, is there a spot for him? Is he going to be in the top top pairings? I don't think he's going to be in the top pairing. I think that he went down as the prospect tournament went on, and that happens with guys. You know, it's a short tournament. It, it's it, it, it in in some cases, you know, as we mentioned with some of the Blue Jackets prospects, because they're so damn stacked. You you looked at them and you were like, yeah. That guy's going to make the league. That guy's really important. And and obviously, as somebody who follows the Red Wings closely, I can say, you know, Valinder, yes. Casper, yes. Tumisto, really big. He shoots up the depth chart because he's a right shot. And the Red Wings have a bunch of left shot defensemen. Tumisto uh, shoots up the depth chart because TPS Turku in, in Finland is is a, 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 a bit of a championship producer, in my opinion, as far as the Finnish Liga is concerned. It, it you know, and and Tuomisto 6'5, 205, still growing heavy. He plays heavy. He plays, and I don't mean that immobile, but I mean really solid on his skates, hold, holding the puck, moving it up the ice. But I think that he's he's another one of those players. And it surprised me because I've watched him over the course of, of God, it's been five days of training camp now. He's somebody's like he he went back over to the big rink and took and and forgot what he had learned about North American hockey. Now he played for a very good Denver team, to say the very least, given that they won the national championship. But it's just it's just size of the rink, pace that sort of thing. Does he project to be a top four defenseman? I don't know. Maybe among the, because the Red Wings don't have as many right shots. Yeah. Is he big? Is he heavy? Can he be downright nasty at times? Yeah. He smeared a guy's face into the boards. It was fantastic to watch because I was standing on the other side of the boards, (laughs) but he's going to need some time in Grand Rapids. And I will say this, if he does end up in Toledo because the Griffins have a couple right shot veterans. It will not be the end of the world for his development. So that's what I think about Tuomisto. Another guy that I drafted in our, our dynasty fantasy league, and we saw him with a small sample size last year with the Red Wings. I did get a chance again. I only got to see the Wings Dallas game, but Soderblom looked like a different player to me. His, his puck skills, the, the way he's moving the puck down low. I mean, for a guy his size to have those kind of hands, it's kind of frightening. But at the same time, this is what is the second season in North America. He's, he looks to me like he is adjusting to the North American ice. I'd like to know what your thoughts on him. I, do you think he'll get games in Detroit this year? Will that depend on injuries? What are your thoughts on uh, Soderblom? I think that quite a bit depends on the exhibition season in terms of the, the pecking order. I, 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 I've been listening to a lot of people say, oh, the exhibition season is crap. You don't really have to worry about it. It doesn't translate. And to some extent, no performances and team records, God knows the power play and the penalty kill don't don't necessarily translate to the regular season. But somebody like Big Elmer, a 6'8", 255, you know, stick handles like a guy that's 5'8", 155, has those really great skating skills, is, is comfortable in that big body. Yeah, he's he's going to get some call-up time. I think he's going to start in Grand Rapids again. I don't think the Wings are going to make the same decision that they did to sort of rush him and see what he could do. But I think they want him to be more than a grinding forward that that can stand in front of the net uh, on the power play. 
And, and I think that that's why they're kind of slow walking his development a little bit. I don't know what his ceiling is at in terms of his point production, but you look at somebody like Michael Rasmussen, who is becoming somebody that is absolutely integral to the Red Wings game, who, who they're, they're just more confident when, when he's in the lineup, you know, and, and then you look at Elmer and, and, and you see a lot of those same qualities. And, and so it's not necessarily what the points are going to be from Elmer, although I do believe that he can he can produce at the NHL level. It's going to be the kind of confidence that he gives you in the lineup as a two-way player. He, the thing that, pe- that people are disappointed with Soderblom is that he's not going to uh, cross-check people into the boards, but he's still big and he's still heavy and he still stick handles like a like I think like 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 Brady Kachuk sometimes uh so talented intriguing sort of a wild card yeah i think once he gets you know gets comfortable using that huge frame to ward off defenders and i saw some of that early in the at the training camp but you know i know Eisenman still likes him I, you know i'm definitely very interested to see how he develops the next couple seasons the last guy for you carter mazer we know he got hurt, what right off at of, right off the start. What happened there? What's the projection for him? I, you know, he looked great in his six game stint with Grand Rapids last year. He had, you know, six points in six games. Wings really like this kid, and uh, you know, this is another third round pick that looks like he's gonna pan out. You know, he had a big summer at the World Juniors, or sorry, at the World Championships with uh, Team USA, which Lalonde was a bench coach for. I know they're big fans of his game. Uh, tell me what you think about him. Uh, how bad is this injury? Because I didn't see it other than hearing that it was a lower leg. Yeah, your thoughts on him? Uh, first, uh, the I have to give a shout out to the Athletics' Max Boltman for being uh, Abraham Zapruder and finding the two. I found one of the instances when he went down on his leg, and and he found another instance where when he went down on his leg. Coach Lalone said this today that Matt Luff, I don't know if you guys heard Matt Luff, probably separated his shoulder in the red versus white game. And whatever Mazer has, whether it's a high ankle sprain or MCL, ACL uh, sprain, coach said that he was going to be out for a significant period of time. And that's just such a bummer because Mazer is, I'm going to use a a bad word. Mazer is such a, a, a little asshole. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. The Red Wings don't have a lot of guys out there who are Kirk Maltby 2.0. You know, yeah, he's he's six feet. He's only 175 pounds, and he's built like Chris Chelios. Is that little wiry guy that, that really struggles to put on weight? But he likes to go into those dead zones on the ice and and jam home rebounds, or at least he did at the college hockey level. And he he's from Jackson, so he's a lifelong Red Wings fan. We all know about that. And he likes to be tough, and he likes to he, he likes to irritate people. And if the Red Wings lost something with Tyler Bertuzzi, they lost the trade for to Boston. They lost that ability to get that irritant in there and and not only an irritant but an irritant that drives play and you know i I talked to the guys about about a couple of players on on dallas during the prospect tournament drive play that that it's so important to have players that are able to make the puck move up the ice and while mazer may end up as a goal scorer may end up as a grinder what he does when he is on the ice is he drives play. And, you know, so I'm really bummed out about the fact that he's not, he's going to miss the exhibition season. It sounds like he's going to be out for a bit. My best guess is that it's got to be one of those pesky high ankle sprains. But I've seen him walking around. I've seen him on his phone, you know, uh, right after the injury, he was on his phone and puttering around and just sort of doing normal people stuff. So whatever it is, it's, it, it's not gonna it didn't cause him a lot of pain it's just something that's keeping him off the ice yeah he's he's that sandpaper that the the wings are gonna need and I, I, he's gonna be a fun player to watch and yeah sucks for this injury but you know yeah uh, george i can't thank you enough man and it's been it's been awesome that uh, you know all these years we've been trading back tweets or twitter messenger and finally get to 
say hi to you face to face. I really appreciate you being with us. Guys, do you have anything more for George? No, not for me. I'd just like to give George a little platform here to let our listeners know if they don't already where we can find your work and and your Twitter feed and and any podcasts that you're on or or just where we can find more of you, George. The M-A-L-I-K Malik report.com. And on Twitter, it's very complicated. George Malik, G-E-O-R-G-E-M-A-L-I-K. There's only one of me. So you can find me there. You can find me on my on my website. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I, I don't my, I get nagged by my my lovely 81 year old aunt who, who who is somebody I take care of every day to be on a podcast, be on a podcast. And I found an NHL scout. I'm not going to tell you who, what team he scouts for, but the guy wants to do a podcast with me. And so I'm starting to think that maybe this it's so crowded. And, you know, I have to give my my hats off to guys like you who've who've, who've developed a, a niche for yourself and 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 really are professional about what you're doing. It's it's such a, a hard market to 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 be, to break into because everybody has a podcast. But, yeah, I have a genuine interest in starting a podcast now. And and I think it's going to happen this year. So, so that's your, your coming attraction. So, but really I'm incredibly grateful for you guys having me on and, uh, it was a lot of fun and, uh, I made my aunt turn the TV down cause she's hard of hearing and <laughs> she's been blasting me out of the room for two weeks now, guys, uh, I might be going a little crazy, but this has been a lot of fun at the end of a, a very long and stressful period of time for me. So I thank you for the outlet. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, George. And I, like I said, I, I've been following you for what, almost eight, nine, maybe even 10 years now. And you're the first person I go to for Red Wings news. And I'm sure you remember me beating you late at night trying to figure out, you know, what was Zadina doing in camp or this and that. And you're telling go to bed. It's like two in the morning. <laughs> I'm <laughs> on the West Coast, man. So. I don't mind. Thank you very much, George. You're a pro, and we really appreciate you coming on. Well, I'm trying to be everybody's middle-aged Twitter Red Wings dad now. That's my role. So thank you for having me. Uh, I'll be on Twitter. I'll be on, or X. Ooh, it's X now. But just just chat chat hockey with me. Follow the blog. Just let, let's, let's love hockey together. That, that's fun. Thank you. Thank you, George. Pleasure was all ours, George. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Dauber Prospects Report number 26. For feedback on the show or to chat with us, follow us on Twitter at DPR underscore show, at Farling for Pete, at Victor Nuno 12 for me, and at Sabrin91 for Evan. And also, don't forget to follow at HockeyPodNet for all the great podcasts on the network. If you want to chat with us in another way, you are free to feel free to join the discord all you need to do is dm one of us ask us for a link and you can get in there please subscribe to our show on itunes spotify or the podcast aggregator of your choice and if you enjoy what you're hearing and you want to help us out leave us a five-star review it really really helps and we would appreciate it until next time keep your sticks on the ice how many assholes we got on this ship anyhow go I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Let's do that hockey.